Hits on WTKS-FM HD1. Coco Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. Here we go. It's the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That's Wednesday, May 16th, the year 2018. You know, on Wednesdays now, we veer away from the normal and take the first half hour and do something a little bit different uh, that we have not done in the past 30 years on this program. Today marks interview number 11 as the Phillips File continues to take the first 30 minutes of every Wednesday program to focus on the opioid and heroin crisis that has gripped Central Florida, gripped the rest of the nation as well. Our guest today is Keith Lester. Keith Lester is the Chief Operating Officer for New Season. New Season is a nationwide group of accredited opioid and opiate addiction treatment centers. Welcome, Mr. Lester. Thanks for helping us out with what we're trying to do on this program. We appreciate it. Tell Tell us about New Season, first of all. This is nationwide. This is a nationwide treatment center. Absolutely. So uh, we have 72 clinics across mm-hmm. 21 states. Uh, we focus uh, primarily on just substance abuse, uh, helping those patients in an outpatient setting recover. Okay. Um, in the state of Florida, we have 19 facilities. Um, we've been in Florida roughly 30 years. Now, your background is basically, you, you have a management background. Would sure. I, so, I mean, so walk me through the transition that you've seen for yourself i would imagine when you started your career in management i don't know your background what else you did and then you got involved with you've been you've been with new season for how long about 18 months so you're absolutely right so i've been in healthcare for 25 years okay when we look at this um this just alarming trend that has occurred uh with Mm -hmm. this opioid epidemic when i came to it it was very humbling um i like many people you develop uh, an idea of what is addiction, what are uh, right. these heroin addicts, what are these opioid addicts. And um, from the first time I visited one of the facilities, when I was interviewing, coming to New Season, um, I stood in a pharmacy and I watched patients come in and dose. And you see the entire spectrum. You see suits and ties, you see scrubs. Uh, I've met doctors, lawyers, nurses, professionals who've been affected by this. This and, is the biggest misnomer that the public has about opioid addiction. Absolutely. Yes. Because we all have that stereotype. We talk about it all the time, the stereotypes of the guy in the gutted, the skid row individual. And not that we don't have that as well, but we're talking about just essentially normal Americans who, for one reason or another, have fallen into this trap. Absolutely. I've met over a 1,000 patients just in Florida. I've mm-hmm. met with them one-on-one, and we discussed what, they, what brought them to a new season. And, you know, I've, I've the number of patients that have told me, uh, Keith, I didn't go to college to become a drug addict. Right. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I want to be a drug addict. It just happens. What I mean, what's generally what is their story? Do most of them come from, look, I, I got injured or I had back pain and they over they prescribed a certain particular opioid and before you know it, then I couldn't get any more and you're, went you're down the road. You're absolutely correct. Uh, when we look at the primary drug of choice here in Florida, it's typically opioids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in an accident. They got prescribed after dental surgery. After they broke an arm, uh, they got prescribed an opioid, and um, one led to two, 
led to five, led to 15 per day. And wow. you, you just can't. What happens when the prescription runs out? Correct. If you can't get a prescription, then patients then start seeking on the streets. You're going to do anything that you can to get a hold of something so you avoid withdrawal. Is that is uh, that what they tell you? So, you know, this is this is uh, I'm tr- that's what we hear. Mm-hmm. The addicted just do not want to face withdrawal. Maybe they tried it once on their own and said, "I'm not doing this again." Because it's so miserable. How do they describe it to you that withdrawal? Uh, it's 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 th- their entire body is aching. Uh, they just can't say sh- the, the the receptors aren't binding. And they just, they, they convulse, they sweat, they vomit, they have diarrhea. It's just, you name it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole slew of, 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 of things that occur once they go into withdrawal. And you're absolutely right. They will do anything to avoid that. So in your experience that most of the people who you've talked to have this particular addiction, mm-hmm. um, they got hooked because maybe overprescribed. I'm, I would imagine there's a certain percentage who may have gotten hooked because it was recreational. They, they move from one thing to another. They wanted to get high. But I just have the feeling now, talking to everybody that we've talked to thus far, the vast majority of people, they weren't doing that. They didn't, they didn't wake up in the morning and say, hey, I want to become a, an opioid or a heroin addict. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Maybe back 20 years ago, yeah. it may have been recreational mm-hmm. use. But I think today, uh, the patients that I see each and every day are, are patients that have typically were, were addicted to opioids. New season, how many states? Uh, 21 states. 21 states. Does it? Are you seeing from center to center, all right, the centers here in Florida as opposed to, let's say, Kentucky have a different problem? What's the problem that, you, that you're seeing with, with addiction here in central Florida well, as compared to the rest of the nation, if there is one? Well, even in the state of Florida, I mean, while opioids are still the primary drug of choice, mm-hmm. uh, we do see a see a, a huge prevalence of um, heroin coming into the Jacksonville area. Mm. Right, uh, and of course, with heroin, you then have fentanyl uh, because uh, heroin is expensive, and the drug dealers will lace it with fentanyl, and unfortunately, the patients will die. So, someone contacts uh, New Season. Mm-hmm. Are they referred to New Season by law enforcement, or is it basically a doctor says you got some problems and you need to? We, we're going to connect you to New Season. Mm-hmm. How does the How does the client or the patient connect to New Season? Um, it, it's It's funny. I, I thought that through um, advertising, that's how patients make their way into mm-hmm. any type of mm-hmm. medication assisted treatment. Uh, it's surprisingly word of mouth. Is patients it? who've been in treatment speak to patients on the street. And mm-hmm. that's where probably 90% of the patients will end up in our facilities. I, yeah, do, I would imagine that most people who have a problem with addiction aren't mm-hmm. spending a lot of time leafing through the newspaper looking. No. I would imagine, I, I guess there could be a search. You right. know, they, they need some help, but right. maybe not an inordinate amount of time looking for advertisements. Right. So typically when you see patients referred over, it mm-hmm. could be a loved one who's decided they want to help out mom, dad, their son. Uh, they'll do a web search. They'll come across a new season. Uh, we've got an 800, we've got a 24-7 call center downstairs. So basically 24-7, if a patient calls in, would like to seek treatment, we can help place them in a clinic. What's that telephone number, by the way, just so um, we can jot it down and put it on our uh, website? Sure, absolutely. It's 877-284-7074. Uh, and they can always go to newseason.com as well, and it lists all the facilities across the country. We're talking with Keith Lester with New Season, which is a nationwide uh, opioid treatment center uh, network. So how many clients basically are you seeing in Central Florida? And, and let me ask you, you know, and I ask this to everyone who comes on the program, is this crisis leveling off? Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? 
what's happening in your view? So in my view, when I look at just the number of patients that are coming into treatment, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, we see about an 8 to 10% growth year over year. Really? So it's, it's, it's definitely still increasing. It's, it's still, still on peaking. the upswing. Yeah. So in Central Florida, if I look at the clinics between Orlando, Kissimmee, and Ocala. And Daytona uh, Beach, you have one too. Daytona right? Beach, yeah. mm -hmm. you're looking at roughly two and a half, three thousand patients. Oh, wow. Active patients today who are seeking treatment. Uh-huh. Now, is this residential when they when they cook up? That's a bad term. I shouldn't have used that. When they connect with New Season, is this a residential treatment program? It's an outpatient treatment. Outpatient, okay. Right. So we're regulated by DCF. So uh, patients, when they come into treatment, mm -hmm. uh, they'll come in daily for the first 90 days. So they're going to have to come in seven days a week. The clinic's open at 5 a.m., uh, so patients, uh, depending on the facility, you may go by a facility at 5 a.m. and there may be 100 patients um, already outside. Uh, and primarily because they want to be able to get in, see their counselor, see their nurse, see their doctor, and get to work. Get their prescription and get out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And new, am I correct in, in saying that basically with New Season, it's a, it's a two-prong approach to addiction, mm -hmm. counseling, and some kind of, for want of a better term, a substance to keep them off. Uh, the, the property Withdrawal, that they're addicted right. to. Absolutely. I think the key to our success is our counselors. Um, when I meet with our counselors, our nurses each and every day, they are absolutely remarkable individuals. Um, so the counseling um, obviously helps the patient identify what are their triggers, what's causing their relapse, what's causing them to um, seek these illicit drugs. Um, the medication then they receive daily. Uh, and it could be either methadone, mm -hmm. it can be buprenorphine or suboxone, depending and on. And what's the difference among the three? Uh, methadone. I'm not asking. I mean, I know you're not a medical doctor, right. but why would I'm just wondering why one would be, you know, prescribed methadone as opposed to something else? It really depends on what their um, what their illicit drug of choice was. Okay. Um, so we see patients. Um, you can see patients that are just successful in buprenorphine um, or suboxone, uh, but methadone is probably 90 percent of the population within the state of Florida. What's the rate of failure? Um, Do most people relapse at least once? I, I actually don't look at failure. I look at success. Okay. Um, so I look at 90% of our patients. If they're a year in treatment, they are now illicit free, meaning they're not testing positive for any illicit medication. How often do you test them? Every day? Oh, no, no. Um, so uh, once they come into treatment, yes. we test them initially, and then we test them monthly. Oh, monthly. Uh, and then unless there's reason to, to suspect that, suspect that we need on. to test yeah. them more frequently. Yes. Okay. It's uh, so a urine drug screen. Uh, we collect a right. sample of urine, we send it off to a lab, and then we get the results. How do you determine, or how is it determined, I, I, I would imagine the counselors are the ones, or doctors can determine this, but you know, after someone connects with new treatment, goes through a particular program, you know, at what point do you say, okay, you're good to go, you don't, you need, you don't need to be with us anymore? Who dismisses right. them? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Right. you know, it's like, okay, you're all it's, good, and it's good part, luck with your life. Right, it's part of the treatment plan that the counselors put together with the patient. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, what we remind patients is you've, you've, you've sought illicit drugs for six years. Um, you're not going to complete treatment in six days. Right. But we need to be realistic. Um, so working out a plan day, every week, every month with your counselor, that puts the plan in place of when patients will then be discharged from therapy. You have kids? I do not. Okay. I was just wondering because when people come on the program, I always ask whether they're former you know, recovering addicts, addicts, or whether they're in management. And they had a, a a drug problem previously. I said, right. you know, if you have kids, what do you what do you tell your kids about all this kind of stuff to 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 keep them away from 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 these problems? The, the heart wrenching piece is I've met kids. 
I've met 21 year olds, 22 year olds. I've met mothers and fathers who bring their kids to, to, to the clinic. Uh, I met a a mother in Daytona who all four of her kids are actually in treatment with her. Really? And it, it just shows that, you know, mother got addicted and unfortunately one child, second child, third child, fourth child. Jeez. Let me take a little break. We got some more questions for you. Keith Lester is our guest today. And every Wednesday we take the first 30 minutes or so and try to focus on the opioid crisis here in Central Florida, Keith Lester is the chief operating officer for New Season. New Season is a network of addiction centers across the nation. With how many in the state of Florida now, Keith? Nineteen. Let me take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. It's the Phillips File for every for Wednesday. And, of course, as I said, every Wednesday we take the first 30 minutes of the program and uh, try to focus as best we can on the opioid, opiate, and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. Keith Lester is our guest for the next 10 minutes or so, maybe 15. Keith Lester is the chief operating officer for New Season. New Season is a nationwide group of accredited opioid addiction treatment centers, including how many in Central Florida now, Keith, do you have? We've got four here in Central Florida. See, we're talking about one of the centers uh, on the the east side of town. Um, we don't need to name the location or anything like that, but you said at four o'clock in the morning, you might have how many people lined up for their, for their, like, what do you call it, dosing with that? Exactly. So you know, it's, it's very possible at four, four thirty in the morning, they're going to, there'll be a hundred people lined up, um, to see their counselor, do their urine drug screen, meet with a physician, get their dose and then go to work. I wonder whether, mm. you know, thinking about this, maybe a lot of people might say, well, what kind of problem do we have in central Florida? Don't, I don't see anybody, but maybe if they drove by there at four o'clock in the morning, four thirty in the morning, they might okay. Something's going on here. We got a problem somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. Right. I asked you before we took the break whether you see it getting better, worse, or uh, plateauing out. What again? What is what is your observation? Um, well, again, I think that I'm not saying necessarily it's going to get. It's getting worse, but we are seeing an increase, uh, and it could be that uh, patients that have been uh, addicted for many many years are just now deciding they need to seek treatment. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to contact a new season, do they just call the number and they say, show up and we'll do a, we'll do a, a review. We'll, we'll sit down, talk with you and, and just go from there. And how soon in a treatment program get underway with new season? Absolutely. So we have a phenomenal call center actually in this building. Um, it's operated 24 seven. We've got some okay. phenomenal um, call center operators. Um, when you call into the eight seven seven two eight four seven zero seven four, 284 one of our, uh, employees will basically guide them into treatment uh, where they live. Okay, they live here in Orlando. Uh, we can they can immediately access the calendar in the facility and say mm-hmm. yes, we actually have a spot tomorrow morning. We have a physician on site. You can start your treatment tomorrow morning. No kidding, it's that Absolutely. it's that quick. Absolutely. And usually, and you and so it's counseling. Mm-hmm. And when you mean by counseling, does the does the client let's call them client? Do they meet with a counselor on a daily basis, monthly? How how does that work? It all, it all depends on what phase the patient is in. So okay. when they initially come into treatment, uh, they're going to meet with their counselor once a week mm-hmm. uh, to get through that first phase, right? So once they get through the induction phase, uh, they'll meet with their counselor once a week. They'll do some urine drug screens, uh, and then they'll move into a maintenance phase. Once they get in a maintenance phase, just based on the criteria here in Florida, that dictates how frequently they need to meet with their counselor. Tell us again the difference that you've seen. I mean, when we talk about you being the chief operating officer, you're the chief operating officer for every new treatment center in the United States? Uh, A new season, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Correct. All 72 of them. All 72. Mm -hmm. And what do you see in one part of the the country as opposed to Florida? Is there 
I mean, you hear from, well, we've got a major right. problem here now with fentanyl. We've got a major now. Our major problem here is opioids. It's pills. What, what are you seeing? Um, I think the one thing I see is the patients are all the same. Meaning? Meaning um, they're from all walks of life. Um, so the, the population in Florida is no different than the population in New Hampshire or Georgia or Alabama. Uh, these are patients that, unfortunately, you know, got addicted to illicits and decided they need to seek treatment. Now, the drug of choice is different based on geography. Um, so we see a lot of pills. Okay. As I said before, there's a lot more heroin being used in Jacksonville. Uh, up in the Northeast, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, a lot more heroin uh, laced with fentanyl. Uh, um, fentanyl is the, the latest scourge. Not that any of them are any good, but fentanyl is used as a, as a uh, to, uh, they step on heroin. Right. For, for, what, for what reason? Well, fentanyl's cheap. Okay. So fentanyl looks like heroin. It looks like a white powder. So they basically lace the heroin with fentanyl uh, because it's a cheaper substitute. So they're really cutting it. Correct. Right? Like they used to, what it was, a baby, not baby aspirin, but something. I mean, they're used, other drugs have also been cut. Well, that ba- way the baby deal, laxative. Baby laxative, that's what it is. Yep. It was, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, what they used to cut it with. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm just, you know, I, 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 I'm just amazed at the, at the number of people who, would you, I've heard this before. Would you, they say just about any place where you work, there's probably someone who's got a problem with opioid addiction, but you just wouldn't know it. Many of these people are—they're working, are they? They're not. Absolutely. You know, they don't—they don't fit into that stereotype of you know they're underneath the bridge. They got a syringe in their arm. They're just—they're—they're they're essentially working stiffs like the rest of us, but they're. But they've got this addiction that they're trying to control, and they're trying to control it because they're so deathly afraid of withdrawal because it's so bad. Absolutely, uh, uh, the the you know hundreds and hundreds of patients that I met here in Florida, um, they wake up each morning, they'll pop five, ten oxycodone, they can then go to work. Uh, then after work, they then start the process of where can I get my next set of pills in order to get up the next morning go to work take them out of somebody's medicine cabinet and it, it depends on how what kind of access they have correct right so do you give them actually what i find interesting about this process is that yes you may be able to alleviate their withdrawal by giving them these replacements mm-hmm. right but if you're not doing counseling if it's not a multi-layered approach i'm not sure it's is it ever really fixed if you don't fix what's up here in your head yeah you can give them you know a, a week's worth of pills when they check out at five in the morning, but is it is counseling an option? And does is it just one on one? Is it group? Is it family? What is it? So, for medication assisted treatment or outpatient treatment programs, medication or counseling is 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 our key um, key approach. Required. It's required. Absolutely. It is required. Um, there are different types of treatment modalities out there. There's OBOTs where physicians will prescribe buprenorphine. Um, there may not be counseling associated with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we see in success is the actual the counseling that's provided. Um, so we do individual counseling. We do group counseling. Uh, we encourage patients to bring in their family. Uh, but uh, I've also met many, many patients who their family do not know that they're in treatment. And they don't really? want them to know. No. Absolutely. They can hide it that well that their family Absolutely. doesn't know? Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. So it's like Absolutely. functioning alcoholics. They're functioning opioid users. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah, I don't want to be flip, but there was a line from uh, a television series long ago, Wire, that was called The Wire. And one of the lines from one of the persons who was, I think, addicted from one of the characters said the hardest working man out there is the dope man because these are people who have a job 
and then they have the job of finding something that will keep them from withdrawal. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine. I mean, it's a daily process. You've got to put food on the table. You have to take care of your family. You have to take out care of all the nonsense that goes on with your daily life. And then this added, you know, this added trouble of, of addiction where you've got to fulfill that somehow. You've got to keep the you got to keep the devil away, so to speak, when it comes to withdrawal. That's hard work. You're absolutely right. So on the normal day when the patient wants just to come in and dose, we want to get them in and out in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they have to see their counselor, they're going to stay there a little bit longer. Sure. Um, But I have talked to patients out in Pensacola who said uh, they would spend three, four, five, six hours driving around the city trying to find illicit drugs. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of texts that came in for, uh, for you, Keith. Uh, yeah, one uh, texter wants to remain anonymous. However, they're asking, uh, do you treat cocaine abuse? Is there medicine to counteract the cravings for that, or is it just uh, opiates that you deal That's with? That's a good question. We're, we're licensed and provided. Well, the services that we provide are for opiate opiate users only. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other texts? Uh, yeah, uh, also uh, people, uh, uh, one about uh, is does insurance help cover this? What are the... The the cost with treatment is one, and the other thing uh, uh, raises a question on methadone. How hard is it to get off of the methadone once you use that to get off the heroin? Right. Or are you uh, on it forever? So, so two parts, right? So first is really partnering with uh, Medicaid and the commercial insurances in Florida. Uh, we started that process well over a year ago. Okay, uh, It's not an easy process, I'll just be honest. Uh, some of the insurance carriers won't cover methadone, uh, and that's there's a long debate about that just because Medicare doesn't have it as a benefit. Uh, but we're working through that. So mm-hmm. we are every day contracting, attempting to negotiate contracts with uh, the providers so that we could obviously uh, help the patients. Yeah, if talk they've got right insurance, why not? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, second part was how long will they be on methadone? Right. Um, and again, it's all dependent on the patient. Right. So once you start methadone, methadone therapy, um, we obviously want to get you to a titrated level where you're no longer seeking, so all the receptors get bound up. What you right? call it a what level? Uh, a, a titrated level, so a therapeutic level. Sorry. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. So we, we want to get you to a dose where all those little receptors that were wanting the, the bad opiates, those right. are all blocked, right. uh, and now they're on. Now you've got a, a methadone level that, that will keep you not seeking those illicit um, drugs. And then we start titrating you down. So it's all individualized per patient. Um, again, I was telling more earlier, uh, I met a patient that's, been in treatment for 19 years. Um, he's on a very low dose, but you know, he said, Keith, I remember what I was doing 19 years ago and I'm not going back there. Right. I have a house. I have a family. I have a job. This is my routine. Hmm. Oh, well, is, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was just, I'm, I'm just going through I mean, cause we've talked to people who, you know, whether they're, they're on methadone or some other kind of treatment program. And I'm just wondering whether I think one of the recovering addicts or one of the addicts told us some of his friends know, but people at work do not know. Because mm-hmm. I would imagine that there's, that, that there's, you don't want the boss to know or you don't want the employer to know. Correct. I Correct. think there's still a lot of stigma or shame. That's the word I just wrote down, Jim. Shame. Yeah. Is there still a lot of shame associated Must with be. this? Absolutely. Is Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The number of patients I've met who... You know, they, they hit rock bottom. They, they, you know, they were trying to do that eight-hour day, and they just could no longer do it. Mm-hmm. And they realized they needed help. Is it most of the shame because they just can't do it themselves, or is it shame and guilt because of the problems that they're creating for their, for their families and their friends? I think it's a, I think it's a second, second part. So when you look at the, mm-hmm. um, the amount they were spending on illicit drugs, mm-hmm. I mean, the, these patients were spending anywhere from 200 to $300 Jeez. a day um, on illicit drugs. 
And, you know, I've met patients who they basically have gone through an entire 20-year 401k, uh, their daughter's tuition, yeah, uh, their da- yeah. daughter's college account. It's now all gone. That's all gone, and then they may engage in illicit or criminal activity to feed that habit as well. Correct. Mm. All right, Keith, one more time, the uh, telephone number for uh, new treatment. Absolutely. If people need to get a hold of you and want to get a hold of you. Absolutely. So 24-7, anyone can call 877-284-7074. Keith Lester, the Chief Operating Officer for New Treatment, which is a nationwide group of accredited, new season, excuse me. I don't know why I say that all the time. New season, which is a, a nationwide group of accredited opiate addiction treatment centers. Thanks for helping us out this afternoon. We appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you, Thank Keith. you. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1.